Welcome to the Motorhome Matt podcast. Caravans, campervans, motorhomes and more. It's the place to get hints, tips and impartial advice from the expert himself, Matt Sims. Brought to you by thatleisureshop.com. Join us on the journey with Motorhome Matt. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Motorhome Matt podcast. Today we are doing something quite different, something we've never done before. I've spoken at length about buying a motorhome or camper van, about planning your holiday and indeed the leisure industry at large, but I've never really talked to you about how you would use a camper van and particularly about eating in one. Today, that's what that's all about. My favorite topic, food. Now, as traveling tourists, we have a rather unique ability to impact the local economies that we visit. And today it's all about tasting your destination. Now I would encourage you and challenge you to try and shop for the food you eat when you're away in the places you visit and have a positive impact on that local economy. I was set the challenge to set up base in a camper van and try and source a camper van feast from within a few miles of our campsite. So we're here with our camper van on the Mendip Hills in the beautiful Chu Valley. And I would encourage you to join me on the journey as we go and see if we can find an entire feast from just a few miles away. One of the features of this area is Blagdon Lake. It is a reservoir that serves South Bristol and North Somerset with its fresh water. Now you can fish here and my neighbour and good friend Chris is a very keen trout fisherman and he has hooked us a fresh trout which is currently back home being gutted. How on earth do you cook a trout this size in a motorhome with a two burner hob and a grill? I have no idea and I have a friend and expert up my sleeve who is going to show us exactly how to do it. We've made a quick pit stop because we realise we're going to need something to drink with the trout later on. For me, it's white wine. Now, we are in Thatcher's country here and cider is everywhere. But Aldwick Estate is a beautiful wine producer which we look down on from the van. This is a bottle of BS40. It's a 2021 vintage. It's absolutely stunning. And we've bought this here at our local farm shop. So when you're travelling, hunt out your local farm shop to close to your campsite and see what you can find that has come from a local producer. I've come to Rington on the other side of the Mendip Hills. In fact, I'm at the beautiful Ethicurian restaurant, Green Michelin Star Awarded, and its glorious walled garden to meet my very good friend and restaurant owner, Mr. Matthew Pennington. Hey. <laughs> Welcome to the Ethicurian. Oh, I'm really pleased to, to have you here. Man. Thank you very yeah. much. It's great. It is stunning, this place. You know it's one of my favorite restaurants. For our listeners, what is the Ethicurian all about? Oh, we're a, we're a restaurant that's bedded into a walled garden in an orchard that produces cider and it produces all of its own vegetables and herbs and, and everything delightful about food, uh, where we take guests on an experience and we meet them in the garden, uh, we give them a course of food um, and they'll come through and have drinks and arrival snacks and, and a lovely 14 course tasting menu. 14 courses, wow. <laughs> Gosh, it is, I don't remember there being 14 courses. I remember having tastes I've never experienced before, yeah. having been, and 
it was an absolute joy. We changed everything in the pandemic. We, uh, we basically said that we we're going to keep our team to a 45-hour week thereabouts and that we would incorporate service charge and tipping into the bill. So that goes straight to the team. Yeah. We're very concerned that, you know, mental well-being is great amongst the team and making those choices has been really positive. They're a well-rested, happy and focused team. Thank you for offering to help us with this episode this week which is a new venture for us um, we're very much trying to encourage people to taste their destination mm-hmm. and to shop local and to find food locally uh, rather than go shopping at home in the supermarket and yep. you know head off and cook we're basically going to step outside <laughs> and find yep. our food so we've got trout amazing okay That's good but there news. is some bad news okay you've only got a two ring gas burner hob and a grill no microwave <laughs> no, no microwave. No, no, we left, we left that in the car I can't park. believe yeah. you've ever used a microwave. No, we haven't. No. <laughs> so no that's need. it. So how on earth are you going to prepare a trout on a two-gas burner hob? Well, I think if we take something robust, like a nice big cast iron pan with a, a lid that fits really well, we'll be fine. And what are we going to have with it? Well, I think basically of the season, we should go out, we should gather a few things from the garden, a few things that are going to be right peak season right now, the end of the hungry gap, so lots of the garden's looking quite thriving and, and, and healthy. I reckon we add a couple of foraged herbs and vegetables that we find in the hedgerows. Right, so it's going to be a very inexpensive mm. feast. Yeah. I can't wait. Let's go, <laughs> let's do it, shall we? So where are we going to start? Quite near to the kitchen door. We keep, <laughs> we keep something that's really useful for, for the whole summer. This plant's amazing. This is a plant called nasturtium. It's primarily used to attract bugs from other plants, but it's also edible from root to seed and flower. Oh, wow. So we're not just picking flowers for the table? No, no. We're <laughs> picking something very edible here, yep. It's quite an interesting one. It's one of the mustard family, so it's known as the nose twister. It's got a certain shot of mustard to it. Okay. Spice. And do you need to prepare it in any way? Or just eat it? No, this one's best to be eaten live. But how do you know, when you come into a garden like this, how do you know what you could pick to eat? How do you discern what's edible and what's not? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't just go in the guesswork and just think everything's edible, because no, of course not. There'll be, there'll be poisonous plants in a garden like this. I'd say talk to the gardener, talk to the expert, you know, anybody that is on site that can show you for definite that that's edible, then that's the best way to do it. Yeah. I mean, as you can see, this is absolutely covered in insects, caterpillars, little I black can see fly. Them, yeah. yeah, it's a, it's a magnet for other, for other insects, which is great because they're not eating the vegetables just over there. The whole plant is edible, so we can gather flowers. Let me find you a smallish sized leaf to try. I'm willing for a taste. I'm sure you know this one. Cool, nose twister. Is that what you called it? Yeah, it was a hot Gordon rush. Bennett. <laughs> Flipping heck. Spicy, isn't it? <laughs> that has a real kick. Yeah. Who knew? So later in the months of summer, the, the seed pods grow as well after the flowers have obviously pollinated and they're they're likened to a little bit like a caper, like crunchy, spicy, and we, we preserve those for the, for the, for the later in the year. Um, it's a great plant that you find in a lot of kitchen gardens because it's self-seeding, um, and it's quite an easy one to, to recognise. How quickly do they grow back? I mean, you're picking these all the time for 
Yeah, these get, meals. Yeah, these get constantly picked um, from when they spring up a month or so ago, and right, okay. they're very prolific, and they're a creeping plant, so they, they, they'll go as far as they can. Even come September, we're still harvesting the rest of the plant to use. I've still got that <laughs> spicy taste. Yeah. That's remarkable. And um, we've, been, we've been using this plant later in the year to freeze into vodka. So yeah, but this will make for a really nice side salad for, for the uh, trout, I think. What a good start. Yeah. What's next? Uh, we should head down and see if we can get some, some lovage. Lovage? Lovage. <laughs> I'm happy to get some lovage with you. Yeah. <laughs> right, here we will head into the main growing area in the garden. You can see all sorts of other flowering plants here. Insect pollinators going crazy. Um, and then we've got beds of uh, new potatoes and all the, the first season of the potatoes growing here. Just beyond that, we've got one of my favorite herbs of all time. I'm intrigued. <laughs> I'm intrigued, show me more. As well as supplying you as the Ethicurian, does the garden supply anyone else as yeah, well? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mark Cox is a, a really talented gardener that's been here longer than we have at this site. And he produces all of this incredible produce which he puts into veg boxes for the local area and to other restaurants in the area too. And does he ship wider than the local area or is it just a local venture? It's just local really. Right. I mean it's, wow. it's an electric van that runs the veg out. Um, cool. Yeah it's kept to the you know the nearest 15 miles or thereabouts. Yeah. yeah and yeah. then we get the cream of the crop because we could we'd come out here and pick it. So yeah. lovage. Yeah lovage here it is. <laughs> here we are. Um, we've just hit the time of year where we you see this long line of harvested sticks here? Yes. Yeah, but we've still got some growing on this last patch at the end. And then we're going to gather some of the herbs because it's an absolutely happy partner for potatoes and I think particularly for trout. Or more. Doesn't really smell of anything, does it? Not until you crush the leaves. And then it's like, wow. Oh gosh, yeah, yeah wow. wow. Like, yeah. It smells more like curry and then the initial taste is celery. It is yeah, a yeah. strong celery, and then your mouth just explodes with this overwhelming sense of curry. Yeah, it's really it's beautiful. Yeah, very potent. This is such a happy partner to mush, uh, to potatoes, essentially. And is is this something you would buy in the supermarket? It's not one I've ever seen. I've never market. seen it. No. no, no, not even waitress. Not even waitress. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I bet you will figure there soon. And it's, it is called lovage. I mean, it's so pungent, that's all we're going to need for a dish for four or so. so. Yeah. Yeah, amazing. Given that you can't get this in a supermarket, can, could I grow it at home? Is it easy to grow? Yeah, this is one of my favourite garden herbs because it's so simple. Uh, it's a perennial in that it means that it will grow back every year. Yeah. Um, it has a rootstock, much like celery or celeriac. That can be used as a vegetable probably the most pungent thing you've ever tasted. Right. Um, but the rest of the plant itself is, is fantastic for the, for the entire year. The seeds themselves, once it's flowered, are used as a spice in a lot of um, South European cuisine. And you were saying it's been cut now here, yeah. but it, it, it's huge when it's in full bloom. Is yeah, that... it's, it's, it's head height, it's, it's amazing. We might have a couple in the garden that are full size. Lovage, there we Lovage. are, now you know. <laughs> So we've got nasturtium as well, which is often used in a drink, isn't it? It's used in Negroni. Should we, should we yeah. start with one of those? Yeah, we should add that one on. It's quite a common one for the restaurant. This, um, is, this is getting better by the minute. <laughs> and I think we should also go and pick something really special from the garden. Here we have coriander in flower. Um, this is one of the luckiest things that we, 
we get to do at the restaurant is basically pick plants at different stages of growth. Mm -hmm. So even when the plants in flower, it's of use. Uh, even when the roots are, you know, dug up, they can be used. And, and beyond that, we can even use the seeds, so fresh coriander seed. The beautiful little flowers. I don't think I've seen coriander flower before. No. And look at all the bees on them. Yeah, the bees are loving it. Either taste the frond or taste the flower. What are you going to go for first? <laughs> Let's give it the flower. Just eat the whole thing. Oh, wow. Oh, that's, oh, that, that's lovely. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's proper coriander. Yeah, it's uh, sweet, citrusy. That's a whoosh of flavour, isn't Gosh, it? Gosh, that's actually making the hair stand up on the back of my neck. <laughs> <laughs> so I recognise this as monk's beard, is that right? You're quite right, yeah. yeah. This yeah. is lovely. Can we, can we get some of this as well? Yeah, this is going to be a great plant to add to this. It's, um, <laughs> it, you might describe it as a, like a samphire. So yes. it's like a delicately salty, crunchy green plant. It'll go beautifully with potatoes, I know that much. Let's add that to the mix yes, as well. we add a little bit of this yeah. in. These are only still very young plants, but in the next month or two, these will start to bush out like this big. Right. Amazing. So, yeah, we, we've got prime delicate cuttings here. And trimming them out like this, they will grow outward and more. Yeah, it definitely has a Chinese kind of sensation to it, doesn't it? Yeah. I think that's amazing for a little, tiny little plant like this. I don't want to pick too much because these are only still little. <laughs> yeah, they are tiny, aren't they, at the moment? Mm. But, yeah. That little handful will be very welcome with this dish. So th this is called the Barleywood Walled Garden, and, and here we've got the Barleywood Orchard. In fact, we're walking through this yep. remarkable kind of apple corridor. <laughs> yeah, it's beautiful, isn't it? It's all these stunning. old russet apples here. And yeah. yeah, and we've got, it's home to Barleywood Kitchen Garden, and that's Mark who produces all the vegetables here. Barleywood right. Orchard and Cider Makers. We've got a potter here, we've got a builder potter who makes plates for the restaurant and yeah, it's amazing. So it's really, really, everything for the restaurant is really literally on its doorstep, yeah. locally yeah, sourced. Right, yeah. So if you want to buy produce from Barleywood Walled Garden, then this is where, this is the shop, this yeah, is Yeah, yeah, this is the little garden shop. Yeah. So Mark has his uh, kitchen garden shop here. Um, it's, a, it's a Monday today, so they're concentrating entirely on the veg boxes. Which are stunning, they're beautiful. They're amazing, aren't they? Aren't they? Yeah. yeah. Um, but this is usually crammed full of amazing vegetables. I've managed to, I've, I've earmarked those potatoes, so we'll go and grab a few Let's of those. Let's get some yeah. fresh potatoes. <laughs> so as well as the restaurant, and obviously the garden, there's a lot, there's a kind of a micro-economy here, isn't there? Mm, yeah. Um, what else is here? Well, there's several businesses within this whole uh, beautiful site. We have cider and apple juice makers, Mike and Izzy. Um, and then we've got, we've got a coffee shed. It's like, we've got a pottery. So Bill Moore makes the plates at the restaurant. Right, yeah. Clay down in the local stream. Um, and Karen Edwards, her ceramics, and a couple of other artists here, you know. There's a whole that? shop here as well, isn't there? It's beautiful. Yep, and we're all, um, I don't know, cross-pollinating, using each other's stuff, and, and yeah, supporting each other yeah. by being on the same site. You definitely could while away a whole afternoon and evening here, couldn't you? <laughs> yeah, easily, yeah. You could eat and drink yourself silly. <laughs> well, Matthew, it's been an absolute joy and an education uh, spending this time with you. Thank you very much this morning. It's been great. Thanks for coming to visit us. It's, it's been truly wonderful. So now we're going to go and get the trout. Yep. And the hard bit or the easy bit for you? Oh, this is the fun bit now, yeah. We've, got, we've gathered the ingredients. We've got a challenge. We're going to try and cook this as a one-pot wonder, I'm guessing. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Now that you've tied the idea of a, a Negroni to start with. Let's do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Definitely let's... start with a Negroni. Yep. Let's go and cook. Okay, let's go. Superb. So we're, we're almost back at the van. Uh, we're on our way back to camp. And Matthew suggested we stop here and go for a quick wander. Ahead of us is a very overgrown grassy lane with dense hedges either side. Matthew, what are we looking for here? Well, I mean, we could find several like uh, forageable herbs um, at this point of the year. So I think we'll have to have a look and see what we come across as we go. But get under me a stretch. There's bound to be something. I mean, all I can see is stinging nettles and weeds. Well, stinging nettles <laughs> is a good one for this. So, right, yeah, okay. Right. <laughs> I'll let you pick those. <laughs> come yeah. on then, let's go and have a look. Yep. I'm intrigued. I've already found something. What's that? This is meadow sweet. This is a really prolific one at this time of year. It's about to come into flower. This one is pretty tough, but have a smell of this. I'd liken that oh, yeah. to vanilla. It is really sweet. Now, yeah, there's lots of them here. There's loads of them. Yeah, they're just coming into seed. That's actually when they're quite good. We may as well gather some because nutritionally they are amazing. So what is it that's nutritionally amazing about a stinging nettle? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's vitamin rich, plenty of minerals. Um, and yeah, with a cloth, pretty easy to gather, a good handful. Go very well with the potatoes, those leaves. So I'll let you hold on to that one and I'll hold okay. on to the nettles for now. <laughs> oh, I'm starting to spot it. What have yeah. you found? Right. Look there at that. This is a, a native pea called vetch. Okay. Um, there's a whole family of these. There's probably a 15 or 20 of types, but around this time of year, the ones with the little purple flowers, they make for very good eating. And what do we put these in? Just in the salad or? I think maybe we throw a couple of these in the salad as garnish, yeah. These fresh shoots. Delicate penis. Penis, yes. Penis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> it is penis, you're right. <laughs> it's yeah, definitely pea. Yeah, fresh pea. I mean, Blimey. isn't it? Yeah. And again, just to be safe, if you're not sure, don't eat it. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> this is this is all about having your knowledge, isn't it? And as we said earlier, you know, we can't talk to a gardener here. This is a country lane. But yeah. if you're not sure, don't just pick it and eat it. Yeah, definitely reach out to an expert. Photographs yeah. work quite well if you're going to ask a definitely. You can ask a foraging group. Uh, we we can uh, we can I think we can go with what we've got there. Brilliant. Yeah. There we go. Right. So let's walk on back to the van and get that pot on. So here we are back at the van with this stunning backdrop behind us, the Epicurean restaurant in the distance, the walled garden, Hardwick wines just below us, and the lake from which we have our prize trout. Thank you, Chris. Freshly caught. It's just been gutted. I'm going to present it to Matthew, and then it's over to him. Here we are, sir. Hello. <laughs> Aren't you a beauty? Welcome to the van. So you've made a quick start. Oh, all we've done is uh, parboil the potatoes in a little bit of water. Uh, we've poured off most of the water, so there's just a bit of residual in the bottom, and then we're going to add all of our other ingredients to that and steam the fish over the top of it. Into the same pot? In, all into the same pot. So it's pot, literally yeah. a one-pot cook? Yeah. This is Absolutely genius. Yep. Those nasturtiums that we found earlier? We've uh, frozen those into a circumstantial vodka, which is a Bristol-based uh, distillers. Um, that's been in the freezer. Ooh. In the, in the... Well, let's get the trout in. Let's okay. get on the Negroni. 
earlier. <laughs> this is going to be great with the potatoes, but some of this we can put in the cavity of the fish. It's just going to add a little bit of the flavour to the fish. And it's steaming. Get a bit of sea salt on the inside as well. Love it. That was from our trip to Anglesey. That is yeah. Anglesey sea salt. <laughs> Lovely sort of Helen Mon, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, yeah, let's get this over the steam. There's crying out for a bit of white wine and some butter. And a BS40 from earlier. Moldwick. Mind your head. <laughs> that, is, <laughs> that is the joy of cooking in a camper van. Mind your head. Yeah, don't be too tall. Oh, Look wow. Lovely. Right, that'll take only a moment to start coming up to steam. Splash of cider vinegar to that as well. Just for acidity. So you're going to cook the trout with the head on? Yeah, it, it's going to fit in the pan. I mean, save some faff. What's going to happen here is all of those, the steaming juices from the fish are going to catch down on the potatoes and essentially make a sauce from it. So right. leaving the head on, you know, it's only going to be a bit better for it. So in with the rest of the lovage on the base. It's already smelling absolutely amazing. I can, yeah, it is. Um, I'm going to put the nettles in as well. The steaming and the cooking will render any stings and the silica null and void. I was going to say, what happens to the nettles? They've broken down, presumably, by... By the heat and the First steam. just by the heat, yep. Yeah. Yep. Look at that. Beautiful. Oh, that smells amazing. So that's going to go up for a hot bath. <laughs> a little sauna. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lucky trout. I mean, I, I think 20, 25 minutes. Is that all it would take? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I think you can only overcook a fish. Yeah. So, you know, let's just leave that be. So the, t the prep time actually on the hob has been, how long with the potatoes? Oh, we gave them a quarter of an hour cooking potatoes, right. yeah. So less than an hour. <laughs> <laughs> 20 minute timer. Now you know how a Michelin star chef <laughs> sets a timer, courtesy of Siri. <laughs> <laughs> right, so it's drinks time. Yep. We've got Negroni, so talk me through it. Yeah, we've, uh, so we've taken the nasturtium, we've frozen those. So we get 35 mils of the vodka infused with the nasturtium. Mm -hmm. So this is a Bristol vodka? Yeah, they're distilled right in the centre of Bristol. Right, okay. They make all sorts of amazing stuff. Okay, so... A little bit of Meadowsweet. Meadowsweet going in. Clap that for me. Crush it like that. Yeah. Are we ready? We are. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. So just to recap then, we've, we've managed to capture some food here from, well, from not very many miles away at all. Uh, probably the furthest is the, is the vodka in Bristol, which is yeah. even then, you know, six miles away from this very spot that we're, we're camped out on. So we've got, we've got food from obviously your restaurant, from yep. the Walled Garden, just a few miles away. We've got trout from the local lake, salad. <laughs> from the hedgerow. From, from the hedgerow, <laughs> literally behind here. Uh, wine has gone in from the valley here, and we look at, we're looking at the vineyards, uh, which are beautiful, from Aldwick Estate. Uh, and we went to the farm shop, but we didn't actually need to buy anything there in the end, did we? It all came... A bit of butter, yeah. Yeah, some yeah. butter, yeah. Yo Valley, of course, as well, who are, who are local. So I'm very much about encouraging people to taste their destination, which is fantastic advice, I think. But what advice would you have for people looking to cook up a feast like this in a confined space that is a campervan or motorhome? Yeah, I mean, I think just keeping it relatively simple. Let the ingredients that you found along your way speak for themselves. Cook them in a very simple manner. The one pot thing is really useful in a space like this. Very low stress and it will no doubt be delicious. Well, when we discussed 
and recording this, and I suggested, you know, maybe trout. And I was joking. I'd never considered that you could steam a trout in the way you have, in the same pot as all the potatoes and veg. Mm. And, and in, in a vehicle like this, that's really important as well, because steaming something in a confined space like this, you know, you, you need to make sure it's ventilated. Today, the weather is stunning. We've got, we're in a, in a van with a sliding door, so we've got you know, the door open, taking in the view, and you know, the steam can escape. So um, that's something to bear in mind. On a winter's day, this probably isn't the best choice. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> you'd, be, uh, you'd be wiping your glasses every few seconds. Yeah, yeah. So this, is, this has been a massive learning curve for me, and it's all about knowledge, isn't it? And knowing what you can pick, what you can eat, and, mm. and making sure that you're safe. But how did you get into it? You know, how did you start off in with your expertise in foraging i think I, I think i was lucky to be out early as a kid in in things like the cub scouts and then the scouts and mm-hmm. we we did a, a a vast amount of outdoor cooking at that point that stayed with me for the for the entirety of my career um and then of late you know we went out looking for similar flavors in nature that you can find in commonly grown things to see whether you know you could add, add, elevate food through using wild ingredients. And it turns out there are an absolute myriad of things out there that are great. Yeah. 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 And what would be your best advice to people looking to get into foraging? How can they find out more about it? I think go out with anybody you know who is, has a little, you know, shows an interest in that sort of thing. Um, it's best, I always think it's best that you're shown directly by somebody that knows. Mm-hmm. It is a little bit hard to recognise from photographs and you can make mistakes that way, you know. However, once you've, you've spent an afternoon with somebody that's uh, some, somewhat knowledgeable in this and they can show it you, they, they break the leaves, they, they make you smell it, you know, when, they know, when you know what it is, they made you taste it and you recognise that. And um, that's just that imprints on your memory, mm-hmm. and and actually you, you won't forget what you won't forget that plant. We've we've we all got lots of access to online, you know, forums, and and you can always message your mate very quickly to find out, check you've got the right thing. Mm. You know, never a better time to. Oh, <laughs> well, timer. <laughs> so is that that's the cue? That is Does that the mean cue. we're ready? Well, almost. I think whilst we are. Oh, oh, wow. Yeah, look at that. Look at me glasses go. <laughs> <laughs> that oh, smells ideal. amazing. We've, we've definitely reduced down into a sauce. The fish is soft to the touch. And um, we're going to throw in that monk's beard that we had. It doesn't need much cooking, the monk's beard. And those lovely, vibrant coriander flowers. Mm. We want all of the aromatics to be really fresh with that. So we're just going to leave those. So they don't go in for very long at all then? No, these are just going to wilt. Okay. Your glasses have demisted. <laughs> this is, um, so in the plate now we've got nasturtium, vetch, and this lovely the nasturtium, flower nasturtium there, flowers, yeah. bright orange, red, and they are beautiful. And here comes the pan. Cider vinegar. I'm going to say some cider vinegar going on the salad. Well, well, first spoonful. We are just ladling out some of this very buttery potato and herb-rich sauce. Now we just work along the bone of the top of the fish, and out it comes in chunks. And then we can just leave the lid on that to keep it warm. Keep it warm. That looks amazing. You could you could serve that in the restaurant, though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd be happy with that. <laughs> 
Well, bon appetit. Bon appetit. Really succulent. Oh my goodness. It's hard to portray, but that, that burst of flavour. Mm. That's huge. Absolutely amazing. Thank you for coming and visiting us. It's been an absolute pleasure. Mm. It's, it's been an absolute delight. This is phenomenal. I can't, <laughs> if, you, if, if I'd seen a picture of this and was told this was booked in a single pot in a camper van <laughs> in a field in North Somerset, I, I would not have believed it at all. Yeah. But I've witnessed the entire thing from start to end, and it's been an absolute joy. It's phenomenal. So tastes it, like it, a destination to me. It does taste like a destination. <laughs> and if you are in North Somerset, then please do check out the Ethicurian restaurant. Matthew and his team would love to see you, I know. You do need to book well in advance to get a table. The food there is magnificent, and if this gives you any idea of what you could be in for, then you'll definitely be in for a treat. Um, I hope you've enjoyed this episode as much as I have. Here's to you. And to you. And a Negroni to finish. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers indeed. Mm. Thanks for listening to the Motorhome Matt podcast. Remember to check back here for more episodes full of hints and tips and helpful advice. We'll see you soon for another Motorhome Matt podcast brought to you with thatleisureshop.com.